It said 2022 is basically 2020 repeat because it's 2022, T-O-O. I said, no, we're not going there. We're not going there, no. Um, but, you know, with, with so many that are, that are sick and so much that's going on, um, a lot of us, whether it was, you know, the holidays or whatever, how many guys actually were able to see family or able to see some people? Uh, a lot of people, they, like for us, we, we jam-packed a lot in this holiday season because the previous one, we didn't really see anybody. Um, well, one of the, uh, one of the parties, uh, one of the get-togethers we had was uh, with my family, and we were able to go to St. Louis, and we were able to enjoy time with my parents and my family. And uh, how many know that whenever the get-togethers come, the really special desserts come out? You know what I'm talking about? So, so it's, um, you know, for, for Thanksgiving, I don't know why we just, we didn't get any pumpkin pie this time. Kind of, kind of bummed about it. But then this, this Christmas time, I made sure there was pumpkin pie. So then my, my wife Lydia asked me later, hey, we, we got that in the, in the fridge. You want, you want a piece of pie? Yes. You ever have somebody ask you a question about food that was just so obvious? Do you want a piece of this fried chicken? Yes. Do, do I want? Yeah, of course. Um, it, it's those obvious questions that come to us that it's almost like you're insulted. Like, of course I wouldn't want that. Why would you even? You don't even have to ask me. Of course I do. How many know that whenever someone asks you a question, sometimes it's not because they're, they're ignorant, but it's because they're trying to draw something out of you. That's what Jesus does. And last year, we, we looked at a couple, um, couple passages regarding questions that Jesus asked. And, and today, there was another passage that I, we didn't get to cover. Uh, we, we talked about a few of them last August. But today, one of these questions that Jesus asked that it was obvious. Like, Jesus, why would you even, why would you ask that question? You'll come to find out, just like what we said, he's drawing something out. He's drawing something out. And we're going to look at that same question today. So turn your Bibles. We're going to be in John chapter 5. John chapter 5. And it's a story God laid on my heart as, as we're thinking about this message. And it's a story about a man's life that was, that was changed but he had to ask a really obvious, or he had to answer a really obvious question. John chapter 5, we, we get to the story, and it picks right up with Jesus and the disciples, and they're out traveling, and then they come to Jerusalem. So read with me John chapter 5, starting in verse 1. It says, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for how many years? Everyone say 38. 38 years. 38 years. Think about that. Keep that in your mind for a second. 
when Jesus saw him lying there and he learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? That's the obvious question. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get healed? Verse 7, sir, the man replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. And then John has this little detail. And the day on which this took place was Sabbath. Because Jesus liked to what we call stir the pot. You know what I'm talking about with that? Sometimes performing a miracle on a certain religious, oh, you, you're not supposed to do it that way. But doing it in a way that makes everyone think. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. Verse 10. And so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat, completely ignoring the miracle, but pointing out the obvious. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, well, who is this fellow who told you to pick up and walk? The man who was healed, he had no idea who it was. For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Let's pray for a moment, church. Lord, today I pray as we examine your, your text that we just read, let it be made alive in our hearts today. Speak, I pray to us in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. I love this story, church. It's one of these stories that um, you look at through the Gospels. And it's one of those stories, uh, the book of John, how many know that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's four different accounts, right? So certain Gospels have certain stories. So whether it was John that was writing this story, or whether it was uh, Luke hearing the, hearing the testimony from Peter about a different story, John has this exclusive story in John chapter 5. Again, doesn't contradict each other. There's just different eyewitness testimonies of what's happening through these stories. So John has this story, and it's a story of Jesus's compassion and then the man's decision to rise, to pick up the mat and to walk. Okay, so let's break this down a little bit. Verse 1 of John 5 says, Jesus went up to Jerusalem during a feast. Now, we don't know from the text specifically, but scholars would say that this would be the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, no way to know for sure, but we do know there was a feast, tons of people. Again, Jerusalem is packed. It's really, really crowded. There's people everywhere. And verse 2 says that in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, there's this pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. Bethesda means house of mercy in the Aramaic. Or in Hebrew, it means the house of God's loving kindness. It's almost an ironic, sort of a weird term to, to have this name where so many people are hurting and are, and are needing a miracle. But Jesus comes on in the scene. 
use these two pools in the area that are separated by this partition. And the remains of this, these columns of this site, um, according to archaeology, there's a 5th century Byzantine basilica that was built over this site. So archaeology, we can actually see this actual area in Jerusalem. In this northeastern section of Jerusalem, Jesus comes in and he sees everything. He walks in. And it's interesting, you look at the Gospels, Jesus sometimes would perform mass miracles, and sometimes he would perform one. Why? Sometimes Jesus had a specific reason to only heal one, or, or for that moment to, to focus on one. He went to the one who had been suffering an enormous amount of time. Everyone say 38 years. Long time. Now, I'm not going to have you guys raise your hands, but who's 38? No, but it's, it's the matter of, you think about life and perspective, 38 years. For day after day after day to be waiting and for someone else to be healed. And to see day after day after day hope dissipate for that day. 38 years he was waiting. Why does Jesus go to this one man here? Why doesn't he see everyone and, and, and have this massive miracle of this whole crowd? Why well, I, I contend to say that through the Gospels, that Jesus is still searching for the one. He's still searching for the one. The one that's hurting, the one that's suffering. Not that he doesn't have compassion on the whole crowd. He does. But there are specific moments where we can see, you know what? Jesus sees one. It's like whenever he's in the middle of the crowd in and, and, and Matthew chapter 19, and then he looks, and there's Zacchaeus up in the, the tree. How could he know that it was, he was all the way up there? He focuses sometimes on the one. One lost sheep. Not that he doesn't care about the other 99, but he goes after the one as well. Church, don't forget that God sees you. In the midst of 7 billion people on this planet right now, he sees the one as well. Amen? We have a perspective that the God of the entire universe sees everything, hears every prayer, but yet still knows me, knows my story. He's still after the one. So 38 years this man was suffering, needing a miracle. He would see others jump in this water that was stirred, and then they would be healed. Look again at what he, 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 this response back and forth between Jesus. Verse 6 of John 5. Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he'd been in this condition for a long time. He asked him, do you want to get well? Obvious question. But listen to his response here. Sir, I have no one to help me when the water stirred. When I'm trying to go in, someone else goes ahead of me. You see, church, this man was focused on the obstacles and not on Jesus. He was focused on, well, it's, it, it's their fault or, or it, it's, it's too hard because someone else does it. Focused on the obstacles and not focused on who was right in front of him. For this man, church, his identity was in the inability to be healed 
And yet there was still hope. He was still there. But Jesus saw this man and he wanted to make him whole. That question Jesus asks, do you want to get well? In the Greek, we would translate that more literally, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? This man's identity was in his issue. His issue. A bigger question that would follow up with Jesus when he says, do you want to be made well? Is, do you want to accept the responsibility that comes after the deliverance? Many people in the Bible, how many know, are referred to their issue and not by their name, right? They're, 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 we don't know their name, but we know their issue. So this man, he's the invalid. He's the lame man. He's the one that can't walk. We don't know his name. Let me give you some examples here. The paralyzed man who was carried on a mat in front of Jesus in Matthew chapter 9. We don't know his name, but we know his issue. The woman with the issue of blood, we don't know her name, but we know her issue. The deaf man in Mark chapter 7, the woman caught in adultery in John 8, the demon-possessed man in Mark chapter 5, or the man born blind in John chapter 9. We don't know their name, but we know their issue. Sometimes, church, we can be, our identity can be in our issue, what's wrong, and not what God has done for us. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? That we, we, we're struggling with something or something's happened in our life or in our past, and we define ourselves by that and not what, it, what God has done for us. I wonder if we have framed our life, church, in our issue and not on what Jesus has done for us. Our identity, church, though, is not in our issue. It's in Christ. Our identity is not in our issue. It's in Christ. See, we can remain on the mat like this man, miserable, blaming others, focused on the obstacles. Or we can look right at Jesus and say, you know what? Yeah, I, I do want to change. I want to be made whole. You see, some, though, they would remain on the mat because they, don't, they can't imagine a future without it. Keep this illness, this poverty, this condition, whatever the issue is, so many of us struggle with. And, and we think, well, what would I do if I didn't have this in my life anymore? There is responsibility in being made whole. Whenever we give our life to Jesus, church, he transforms us. He makes us into a new creation. We believe that. We hear that. But a lot of us are still on the mat. Look at this verse again. You guys know this verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new has what? It's come. It's here. New is here. This is where so many Christians get tripped up here, though. Is because we can get so focused on the excuses and the obstacles that we don't focus on the real change that happens. And I'm not saying that God didn't set you free and that you're not changed. Absolutely, we're new creation, our creations. But a lot of us still have issues that we define ourselves by. 
Let me tell you a story real quick. Um, one of our, uh, Lydia and I, one of our friends from our, our Bible college, his name is Ricky, and he took a different approach whenever God called him into vocational ministry. He, um, he, he had, his, life, his life was full of, uh, of drugs, and he needed to be restored. So he was actually in his upper 20s and his 30s where God set him free from addiction. He got checked into a Teen Challenge, and this is in the New York area, the Brooklyn uh, Teen Challenge area. He got into that program, was set free, and then he still felt that call to be a pastor somehow. And he's, you know, he's, he's kind of in this point where, well, I'm going to be surrounded by all those 18, 19-year-olds in, in Bible college, and why would I want to do that? But he obeyed the call, and he went to Central Bible College where, where Lydia and I met down there. So he goes down there, and he's, he's faithful, and God's providing for him. And then he leads a team back to where it all started for him. He led a team back to Brooklyn, New York. And I was on that team where we got to go to that team challenge, and we got to talk to different people who are struggling with, with addiction and people that are needing to give their lives to Christ. But church, it was the coolest thing to see that my friend Ricky, who was our leader at that time, you know, a couple decades older than all of us, just high school graduates, just starting college, he was leading people, not only leading us as young adults, but also leading people to say, you know what, my identity has been changed. That who I am is not in my issue anymore, but I've been set free. There's something powerful, church, that happens whenever we look at our transformation and we leave our issue behind and we say, you know what, God, you've changed me. You've set me free. So what do we need to do, church? What do we need to do whenever we find ourselves on the mat and Jesus asks us, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to get well? Do you want to change? First point, church, is that we really need to realize that there is a cost to getting up. There is a cost to getting up. There's a cost, a responsibility to becoming whole, made well, to be liberated. Again, why would Jesus ask that question? It's almost offensive. Do you want to be healed? Of course. Of course I do. But the question cuts through all the excuses and goes right to the heart and asks, are you ready for life after the mat? Are you ready for a life where, where I am, am living and, and, and you are being obedient to me? But how many know, church, unfortunately, that we have a culture that promotes victimhood? That's just, that's just how things are. Our, our, our world is broken, and there is a lot of hurt and pain and, and struggle. But Jesus promised us that we, there would be trouble in this life, but we are not to be victims. We are to be champions that God has instilled us with to say, you know what? My life is not perfect, but I know you have a purpose for me. Amen? There is purpose. There is a life of freedom that he's calling to the believers. Those that are still on the mat to know 
that there is a cost, but there's, it's worth it. How many know that there's sometimes um, more pain in recovery than there is in the injury? So, for example, um, a couple years ago, and uh, Gary would know this, we were playing some full-court basketball at a church across the street. You know, and how many know that whenever your brain tells you to do something for your body, but your body doesn't cooperate because you haven't done it in years and years? So, I mean, I'm playing with the students. We're playing pickup basketball, but it's half court, just some, just some shooting. But whenever you're doing full court basketball, five on five with younger guys than me that are more energetic, your knees, your body, your back, everything kind of feels a little stiff. So we're playing, and um, I, I was feeling okay, going back and forth a couple minutes in. So I, I get the ball, and I'm going past, and I get past my first guy. So I cut past him. I cut this way, and then my knee goes the other way. And I'm like, oh, I'm done. It's over. So I hobble off the court, put some ice on it. Hey, Lydia, I hurt myself. You what? <laughs> Um, it turned out to just be a sprain, thankfully, but there was a lot of pain in that injury. But how many know there's sometimes more pain in recovery if you want to get back to 100%? So that's the physical therapy, that's the rehab, that's, that's what I had to do to get my knee kind of back to a better place. That's the ice, that's doing what you have to do. There's pain sometimes more in recovery than there is in the injury. And that's realizing that there is a cost to getting up off the mat. So realize that there is a cost to getting up. But number two, church, the other thing that the man did was he blamed. What do we have to do? We have to resist the blame game. Resist the blame game. You remember his response whenever Jesus asked him, hey, do you want to get healed? Sir, there's... there's all these other people, they get in front of me. No one helps me to the water. And I empathize with the man. He's, he's lame. He can't be helped. But he still has this, this mentality or this, this heart of, of blame. It's, it's their fault. Those other people, they, they do it in front of me, and they, they get in the water before me. We also live not only in a culture of victimhood, church, but also in a culture of blame. It's their fault. It's, it's because of them that I'm like this, or, or I'm, I'm, I'm just made this way, or, or this is what's happened, but it's, it's their fault. And again, church, I'm not discounting the hurts and things that have happened in our past, but I'm also saying if we want to get up from the mat, we got to resist the blame game. we got to say, God, this is what's happened, but I am a new creation in Christ. All the old has passed away, the new has come, but some of us are still on the mat we got to resist the blame game. Friend, freedom comes when we replace blame with ownership and action. Say, you know what, that's happened. Yes, it's in my past. Whatever has happened, happened. But I'm going to move forward. I'm going to get up from this mat. I am going to declare that Jesus is the answer. He's offering me a way. And this is, this is what it looks like. So church, I'm going to get down here in the 
I'm a sleeping bag. People ask me, are we going camping or something? Or, or what's going on? I'm going to go down here on the, the mat. We're stuck here. We're here on the mat. And this is what it looks like. The next point, next thing we need to do is we need to capture the thoughts of impossibility. Well, Pastor Joe, it's just, it's just not going to work. It's just never worked for me before. And, well, that's, that's for other people. And that's, um, you know, deliverance comes for other people, but it, it doesn't really happen for me. What does it say? It says in 2 Corinthians that we need to, we need to capture our thoughts. Captive, take captive the thoughts that are not of God. But we're here. God has given us new life, and we're here on the mat, though. And Jesus is right here looking at us saying, do you, do you want to change? Do you want to be made well? Well, Jesus, you just, it, it's, it's their fault. You know, this is what's happened, and, and, and other people are, are getting healed or delivered or whatever. But wait a second. It cuts through, that question cuts through all of that and asks, do you want to change? How many know for a new year, new beginning, we have to make the action. We have to take the step to say, you know what? I'm not blaming others. If God's asking me to get up, I'm going to get up. If it's time to move, I'm going to move. If it's, if it's something that he's asking me to do, I'm going to get up and say, you know what? You've made me, Lord. My life's not perfect. There's trouble in this world still. But I need to capture those thoughts that are not of you. Resist the blame game. And if God's asking me to get up, I'm going to get up. So, so many of us, we're still on the mat. And we've been here for too long. Too long. This man was here for 38 years. 38 years. Stuck there. Well, Pastor Joe, the, everyone in my family, they have this problem or they have this addiction or this this happens this has been generations we've struggled with again church capture the thoughts of impossibility say no no more i'm going to get up i'm going to get up from this mat i want you to look at this story again and i want you to show you this uh this video and what we're going to do we're going to look at the video and i want you to think put yourself in the lame man's shoes. Let's go ahead and watch it. Shalom. Me. Yes. Shalom. I have a question for you. I don't have many answers, but I'm listening. Do you want to be healed? Who are you? We'll get to that later. But my question remains. Will you take me to the water? I'm having a really bad day. 
You've been having a bad day for a long time. So? Sir, I have no one to help me into the water when it's filled up. And when I do get close, the others step down in front of me. So... Look at me. Look at me. That's not what I asked. I'm not asking you about who's helping you, or who's not helping, or who's getting in your way. I'm asking about you. <laughs> I tried. For a long time, I know. And you don't want false hope again, I understand. But this pool, it has nothing for you. It means nothing. And you know it. But you're still here. Why? I don't know. You don't need this pool. You only need... your mat and walk. Free to walk, like he said. Don't forget your bed. Why does this matter? Because you're not coming back here. That life is over. Everything changes now. Amen. Church, it's time for us to get up. Get up from the mat. It's time for us to start a new year where so many of us have been down here for a while. And I don't know what it is, whether it's a physical ailment, whether it's a state of mind or, or something that's been troubling you for some time. But too many Christians, church, have been here on this mat. And he's asking us, do we want to be made whole? Do we want to be healed? Do we want to, to get well? 
whether that's physically, whether that's mentally, whether that's emotionally, I'm not sure, whatever it is for your heart. But do we want to change? Do we want to start this year on the mat again? So many of us have said, you know what, God, this is, this is just how it's going to be. This is just how it is. This is just who I am. God's saying, do you want to change? Or do you want to stay on the mat? So many of us, all we know is the mat. This man for 38 years, that's all he knew. Sometimes we've given up praying about it. We've given up asking God to help us about it because this mat has become our identity, who we are, and not what Christ has done in us. Now, I don't know where you're at this morning, but I do know that we serve a God that still brings freedom, that still delivers, that still heals, that still sets free, that still restores if we come to him, if we say, God, I want to change. You want to stay in this mat? My heart breaks for those that have given up. And church, I, I'm not one to know God's ways all the time, but I know that his, high, his ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And he has a plan. He has a purpose for your life. And his purpose is not this mat. He brings about good through, through all situations, Romans 8, 28 says to us. But for some of us, we, all we know is this. Whether that's something that we're hurting, something that's something that's going on in our mind, it's time for us to say, you know what? You know what, Jesus, yes, I want to change. And I want to pick up my mat. And I want to go. I want to get up this year. Why is the mat important? Because it's a symbol of transformation. For the man, for the lame man, he, he picked up his bed, his mat, and he walked, and he kept it with him because it was a symbol that God healed him and that he's never going back to that again. Never again. Are we on the mat today? Are we hurting? Are we struggling? For I know that our God still heals and delivers. And he wants to do something in this house today if we're willing to respond to him. Whenever he asks, do you want to be changed? Do you want to be made well? The mat, it's a symbol, it's a transformation. But it's time, church. It's time to be made whole. It's time to say, God, no more. No more blame. No more thoughts that it's impossible. No more. I am going to pick up my mat. I am going to give you my heart. I'm going to give you whatever ailment this is. 
that whatever happens, I am declaring I am not going to have the state of mind that I am a victim, but I am a champion in Christ. No matter what has happened in the past, and I give you my future, but I give myself to you. So we have a lot of time, church. My, my, my challenge to you is this. Don't walk away here without having a time with God to say, you know what, whether I'm on the mat right now, whether I'm hurting, whether I, I, I'm praying for healing, healing of my mind, my body, whether something of my past has, has shaped me or has, I have identified myself in a certain way, I say, God, no more. I am a son or I am a daughter of God, and you have a plan for my life. So would everyone bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? This morning, church, some of us may, may say, you know what? I've been, I've been running from God. I've, been, I've walked away. And I need to come back home. Or I need to give my heart back to you, Lord. Today you may say, I've never never accepted Jesus in my life, and I need to do that today. Because church, we will remain on the mat until we surrender our life to him. For whenever he is our Lord and our Savior, that's whenever God can move and live and breathe in our life. Whenever we surrendered ourselves to him, so before we move on, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and then to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness, to be made new, to be made a new creation in Christ. If you've never accepted Jesus in your life, maybe for the first time, or maybe you need to come back home to him, would you mind slipping up a hand and just saying, I need to come back home to Jesus this morning? see that. Amen. And church, here's a second challenge. It's to say, you know what, Pastor Joe, I've been on the mat for way too long. Or there's something that's troubling me or something that I need to be delivered from. Something that I need to give to God to say, you know what, God, you still work this way. I've had a hard time because I don't understand why things have gone the way they have. I don't understand what, why you've allowed this to happen or that to happen. Church, we may not receive the answer of why, but what we may receive is the promise that he works things together for good. That things happen in our past, that there's trouble in this world, and this world is broken, and that we are all sinners saved by grace. But it's also to know, you know what? I'm not going to let things define me anymore. Or you may say, there's, there's something that I need, I need healing from. Something that's, that's ailing me today. Something that I'm hurting today. Whether emotionally, 
or physically, whatever it may be. Church, it's time for us to get up from the mat. God's saying, I have a future for you, and it's not on this mat. I have something in store for you, but it's not there. Do you want to be made whole today? Do you want to change today? And that's Jesus' offer today. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. We're going to have the worship team sing. If you have something that you want, whether it's something you're praying for, for healing, for emotional deliverance, for something that you want to be set free from, or you just feel like you're on the mat and you need to get up, I encourage you as the worship team starts to play, come into the front. Let's pray. Let's start this year right, church. Let's start this year where we have a heart of a champion and not of a heart of a victim that stays there. But to say, you know what, I'm going to be, I'm going to move forward. And I'm going to get up. So, Father, today, Father, today, we pray. We pray, Lord, that you give us the courage to get up, to rise up, to pick up our mat, Lord, as a symbol of transformation, and then to move, to go where you say you want us to go, to live in such a way that we're obedient to you, that we're not looking back, God. God, today I pray for hearts that have been troubled, hearts that have given up, hearts that are so discouraged. They say to themselves, why even pray anymore? Lord, I pray that you would speak right to them and say it's time to get up. It's time. Lord, I pray for healing of hearts, healing of bodies this morning. I pray, Lord Jesus, that your Holy Spirit would comfort those that have had horrible things happen in the past. God, I pray for healing in their hearts, for freedom in their minds, Lord, where we move forward and say no more. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go. I'm going to have this mat on my side as a sign of deliverance, a sign of transformation, that my God, even right now with everything going on, my God is still working and moving. And he gives me hope today that he's still alive today. Lord Jesus, as we listen, as we hear, as we worship, Lord, I pray that there would be freedom in this house today as we pick up our mats and we move. Lord, heal hearts. Lead people today. Challenge them as they, as we answer the question, do we want to change? Yes. It's time to go. It's time to move. Lord Jesus, help us. Give us courage to pick up our mat today. We pray in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Would you stand with me this morning?
you guys go ahead and start singing. If you guys go ahead and start making your way to the front. The it's time to pick up our mats. I have some people praying with you. Let's pick up our mat this morning, church. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Lift your eyes to heaven. Oh, there is freedom. Oh, lift your eyes to heaven. There is freedom. Oh, and freedom reigns in this place. Showers of mercy and grace And they're falling on every face There is freedom Freedom reigns Freedom reigns in this place And the Showers of mercy and grace, and it's falling on every face. There is freedom if you're tired and thirsty, if you're tired and you are thirsty.
of mercy and grace and it's falling on every face there is You are. 